Hello everyone and welcome to episode 6 of the Limerick Spinners. I'm Luke Wollstenholm and as always I am joined by Leo McGuinn. How are you doing Leo? Yeah, I'm okay. Um, negative for COVID. Um, got tested today uh, in in preparation for going back to uni next week, which is exciting. Um, and seeing you in person, Luke, seeing a beautiful face. Hey, man. Um, so I officially probably don't have COVID because they're not that accurate. But still, look. Yeah, they're not. Literally it was actually, well. it was a horrible test because had, like I, it. it was twice. You had to do the... Um, had to do one that obviously you get your results back for, and then one for the government. So it was the double whammy. Yeah, we're just helping the government out, though. We're good. We're good. We're, well, we're it's good. good. They, they seem to be on the ball with COVID, so you know it seems to be going in the right direction. <laughs> I think they're smashing it. <laughs> um, but look at the start of every fun episode of the Limerick Spinners. We like to tell the listeners why we're actually called the Limerick Spinners. What What does that mean? Yeah. Well, look. To be honest, with you I, look. I didn't tell you I was going to do this, but. Um... I'm. I think I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell the truth this week. It's boring. It's a bit boring, but yeah. Anyway, basically, so me and Luke. I don't know if we've mentioned this before, but the way we met is um, we're in the same line of work. Um, we're both spads, so like special advisors um, in the government, um, and we basically went on a course. I was um, working with uh, someone in the Lib Dem. I won't say who. Um, and Luke was working with uh, an opposition party. Again, I won't say who. Um, and we went for a, a kind of a weekend course um, with loads of different spads from around the country. Uh, and it was held in Limerick um, in Ireland. Don't know why, actually. I didn't know the hotels were cheap. Um, and I met Luke there and, yeah, wow, we talked. Did we talk? You know, we had a few drinks at the bar um, that night and a few more drinks. Eh? Um, and then, um, yeah, we kind of uh, we went, went our separate ways. And a few years later, we, we just... Um, we met up again and decided to do this and, and that just makes sense. You know, we met in Limerick and we were both spin doctors or spinners. So that's, that's kind of where it came from. Yeah. Really well put actually. And I, and I actually missed those, uh, those days of being a spad. Um, yeah. They yeah, were fun. Well, challenge, challenging, mate, challenging, but rewarding at the same time. Well, that's exactly it. Yeah. It was long hours, um, but it felt, it, yeah, I think it did feel rewarding. Boy, no. boy did we have fun. Yes. I have my, Ooh. Sometimes, man, sometimes. But yes, that's why we're called the Limerick Spinners. Um, obviously, we like to tell our listener base at the start of every episode, just so you're aware, you think, well, that means nothing, surely. No, it, it does. Everything. It does. To us, it means everything. Um, so look, to kick off this episode, as we always do, we're going to talk about the cricket. Um, we spoke a lot about that wonderful two-day test match that we saw last week um, on Thursday, when which was disappointing, you know, two days of cricket, but we've got the fourth and final test coming up this week, starting in two days time. What are your initial thoughts for that one, Leo? You know, my initial thoughts, just when you were talking about it then, I was thinking it's felt like a very quick series, hasn't it? Um, it's the fourth test already and we'll, we'll be done. I mean, I guess a bit of that is because there's only two days in the last test. Also, there's been quite a quick turnaround between tests, I'd imagine, um, but yeah, it almost felt like the build-up was was longer than the actual series itself. Um, what's what are my initial thoughts? I'm sad that it's not it's uh, going back to normal um, Red Bull cricket, so I have to get up at four a.m. That makes me deeply sad. Um, but my thoughts are that England shouldn't panic, um, which they tend to do when they um, 
are on the wrong end of a thrashing. But I think I think Joe Root is quite level-headed as a captain. I think he's better at some of his predecessors, at just assessing calmly, and um, as is Silverwood, actually. I, I think they're, they're a good duo in that way, and, and I don't think they will panic. Um, I think it's going to spin. <laughs> I think it's going to spin big. Um, yeah, that's my initial thoughts. And I think England will play the second spinner, or the world Twitter especially will go absolutely crazy if they don't. So we'll almost hope that they don't, because it would be quite funny. I think the reaction of everyone. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. You want a little bit of a Twitter war every now and then. That's part of the fun of it. But yeah, I agree. I think panicking is always the worst thing to do. You're away from home. Um, we're actually probably in a better position than we initially thought going into the series. Um, so on that front, yeah, I don't see why we would panic. So you, you're going best and uh, and leech then yeah i'm going but and they, there's you know there was that whole thing it seemed like oh they'd lost confidence in Bess. but a couple of people have come out in the in the last few days um jack leach being one of them jeetan patel the other come out and kind of backed him publicly a bit more um which to me feels like he'll be coming back into the team uh, i think you have to play two spinners um just because it's going to spin big and it, i think it'd be crazy not to and i mean the how underused Broad and Anderson were in the last test because they didn't need to bowl because it was all spin which kind of just be crazy to pick them um, I don't know if either of them will play actually Broad or Anderson, um, I don't know what you think about. I wouldn't touch the batting personally um, just because I think you need consistency and if you take Berso out of one test, I know he played poorly but if you take him out for one test, I mean it looks bad on England if they do that, I mean they brought him back just to what play one test and suddenly that's all you're giving him Crawley played nicely coming in Sibley's not been great, but I think you still give him another go at the top. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't touch the batting. Um, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised to see a real change up in the bowling. I, I mean, Leach will play obviously. Um, I wouldn't be wholly surprised to see all three seamers be swapped out. Uh, yeah, I could see Stone coming back in. Yeah. To be honest with you, I, I, thought, I think um, they'll give. I feel. I just feel like they'll give Mark Wood a go. Um, oh, well, he deserves. He deserves a go, hmm. really, doesn't he? Because um, so, he won't be bowling that much i'd assume if it is a turning wicket um you know you just want those short bursts don't you so yeah. mark wood is is obviously perfect for that in a way you know it's just a four or five overs from one end um all out um but i don't know i don't know if i agree with you on the batting thing like i i think you've got to keep bearstow in yeah because then it's, it's almost like that you're saying well the selectors have failed we've failed we picked the wrong guy not good but i'm just with regards to this tour only, a bit worried that Ashwin just has Ollie Pope's number. You were going to say, um, yeah, I know, but I just, I just don't see like obviously he's young and he's brilliant and he's the future of England, but does Dan Lawrence just get a look in in that middle order? I think they love Ollie Pope, and rightly so, and rightly so. And I think the only way you get better is by by facing him. So I think maybe Pope plays, you know, on Thursday and. He gets out, he gets a pair or he just gets worked over by Ashwin again. But surely that sees him in good stead for the future. I mean, we don't want him to be the finished product now. You know, he's he's 22 and he, as you said, he could be the future of English batting. So I'd, I'd definitely give Pope another go um, and they shouldn't drop him. I guess the flip side of that is maybe he's mentally a bit frazzled. You know, um, the last <laughs> test he, he, he looked like a bit all over the place, but both innings, actually. Um, he was kind of neither neither coming or going, and it just looked like um, we're just waiting until he got out, um, if you like. So I, I guess that is the counter-argument. Yeah, look, personally, I'd play him. I think experience experience is, is what makes players better, and I think 
playing another another test in India under his belt on a on a on a Bunsen is just gonna just gonna make him a better player long term. So that that would be my argument. I I, 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 I obviously completely take your point. It's just he's coming back from you know injury before this test series as well. Um, he's throwing him back in. I'm a huge Ollie Pope fan. I'm just wondering if does it destroy confidence if you yet again go out there? Um, it's different when you're a bit older and you played for a while and you know you're sort of aware that you're going to have those dips in form, especially away from home. But when you're a young player, um, you know, yes, I, I I understand that it can be good for your development of the game, but if you're failing sort of every time you play, um, and I'm not saying he will, obviously, like he might go out and have a blinder, of course, but I just feel like he should look, he looked a, mentally a bit shot. Um, so Dan Lawrence in his normal spot. Uh, sort of around five, six. I don't know. Yeah, but it all comes down to, I, I guess that's where it comes down to having a good captain and good management as well, doesn't it? I mean, and I think they are. I, I feel like they're the sort of management team that will put a, put an arm around the shoulder and say, look, mate, play this test. If you get out early or you don't play well, you're still in the team for the summer. Don't worry about that. You know, your, your place isn't on the line, which I think is what they should do. Um, and just say, look, mate, just, just go out and play and, and there's no... Not no consequences to getting out because obviously he wanted to bat long, but um, but yeah, and just kind of put put that arm around around his shoulder and let him know that he's he's in the side for the foreseeable um, and make him feel like a part of the side. But yeah, yeah I, look, I, I wouldn't be against Dan Lawrence coming in. I'd be more against Ollie Pope being dropped. So I, I like Dan Lawrence. I think he's a good player of spin. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I, I'd keep Pope in. And and just going back to the bowlers quickly, um, I think I'd play Joffre Archer even though he's not been great. Um, I, th- I think I play Archer and Wood, um, but then again, I mean, there's the there's the white ball series. You've got the white ball, yeah. Like, do you just that's say? Probably won't. That's what. And I mean, Stone will be going home after this test. I mean, that's not a reason to pick someone, but he was good in his one test, so maybe Stone and Wood um, with Leach and Bess. But yeah, I don't know. What would you do? Yeah, I mean, I would play Stone personally. I would. I'd probably swap out. Yeah, the quicks. If I'm honest, I just don't see any need to. Um, to just overdo them at the start of what is going to be a really, really tough year in terms of the amount of test cricket that we're going to be playing. Um, you know, you've got two of the game's greatest fast bowlers, but they're old, let's be honest here. Um, and I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't risk injuring them at all. I don't think, I don't think it's necessary to play them. That's the thing. You're going really to wood then? Yeah, I am. And then I'm going to go best. And you got to back best. Let's hope he doesn't just miss the track every time he bowls yeah. and just bowls some nice juicy full tosses. Um, but yeah, look, I think it's all about confidence with young players. You're right with what you said before. You need, you need people coming out and saying, Hey, this is the guy. He's young. We back him. We support him in the camp. I think that's so, so important. Such an underrated, um, side of it really is giving the confidence to these youngsters um but it'd be really interesting i mean i, I don't think we'll win uh, i just think i just think india in the ascendancy now uh, they've just got this game plan i mean axel patel just bowls straight darts and seems to get a six for every game the game so. plan is being is being better than england for the last two games <laughs> and rohit sharma scores some runs yeah bowls six for 16 it, yeah, cool. it's a it's a pretty simple yeah. game plan, isn't yeah. it? It's just okay. One of you get runs, and then yeah, you two just bowl for the entire innings, and then I, I think we'll win. Um, but look, mate, I'm just looking forward to uh, to just seeing another Test match. Um, because yeah. no matter you know, even the last one was two days. It's just Test cricket, and yeah. uh, I think it'll be really good. And I know on Thursday we'll we'll have had the first day, so hopefully we won't be two innings deep by then, um, and we can. Done. 
<laughs> yeah, I reckon it'll be even worse. Yes. <laughs> um, but no, I'm just I'm looking forward to the test cricket. And then obviously we've got the white ball as well, which will be which will be great. Um that'll be a real test um with the T20, obviously the World Cup later this year. Um that'll be really fun uh, to watch. I'm still waiting on Virat Kohli getting a big daddy hundred, if I'm honest with you. Um I thought in the last test. There was, uh, you know, before he chopped on to Jack Leach, I thought he was looking really quite good. Yeah, it's a really good um, 27, mate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, this is the Virat Kohli, the fan club. Right? There's no Basami against Virat here. The same. It's a good 27. <laughs> it, was, it was a great 27. He looked fantastic. He looked yeah, he got, clean. Got, got, got dropped uh, and, then, and then chopped on. But yeah, it's cool, mate. It's cool. He's a good player, yeah. Yeah, but apart from that, he was excellent. Um, but no, I think that'll be good. Seeing, uh, see if he can get some runs. I just want it to be a good test um, more than anything. You know, my half Indian, half English heritage. Just wanted to be good cricket. City on, city on the fence, as per. Yeah. yeah, just wanted to be some good cricket, just for the neutral, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, there's not much else we need to preview for that. Um, I think India know where, where they're at in terms of a team. Um, I think England, they just have a few selection dilemmas, uh, which would be interesting to see where they go on that front. Um, but yeah, cricket is on the way back. Beautiful. But moving on, as we always do, after our little bit of cricket chat at the start, a bit of football. And I know one thing that you said, um, which was which was from, from, from the mainstream, which was penalties penalties being missed this is the Brighton game of course where there were two missed penalties in the game which is very unusual if I'm honest with you I can't remember the last time I saw two missed penalties in a game from the same team it immediately brought me back to I'm sure there's been some since then but it immediately brought me back to uh, John Walters for um, Stoke City where he um, he scored what did he? No, sorry, no. He scored two own goals and then missed the penalty in the same match. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is, which is quite funny. So that's actually not the same. So I don't know why I brought that up. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just like, what do you see? Bright, you know. So Brighton lost one nil at the weekend, um, missed two penalties, missed mm. an open goal, uh, and then also had a goal disallowed where the ref just blew his whistle for no reason. Mm. Where do you stand on Brighton? Do you think they're unlucky, or do you think it comes to a point where? Like this happens so often that it's not luck and you're just a bit shit. Yeah, no, it's a good question. I mean, there's that uh, sort of age old idiom, which is like, you make your own luck, um, which I think is a load of bollocks, to be honest with you. I think, um, I think, I think they're unlucky. I think, I think that is like actually just unlucky uh, more than anything. Cause like w- with penalties, okay, miss- missing one that happens every now and then the keeper guesses the right way obviously there's a lot of data behind where players go now it's not just simply like you hit it as hard as you can the keeper will know right okay he's gone there da, 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 da. twice mm. twice you know as in like there is some sort of room of discrepancy in it but twice. i'd like to point out that um so both penalties taken by different players yeah, um, both, yeah. Both, of them, both of them sent the goalkeeper the wrong way actually um, yeah but just hit the bar on the post, respectively. <laughs> which is which is just bizarre. I mean, yeah, that guy Welbs, um, yeah, yeah, Danny Welbeck. To to those who don't know him, um, yeah, I would never have said uh, step up because we need you right now to take a penalty. <laughs> what it really showed, and I think where people are saying the argument against Brighton. I mean, you know that they're, they're talking about this X, XG thing, and you know XG is really expected goals has really come into football over the last few years, and it pisses me off a bit. To be honest, I think it's just it um, make it, I hate it. It detracts yeah. just how many goals did you score. 
yeah, but basically yeah. Brighton have been are like top of the XG league. For the like, XG, yeah. yeah. It's surely what it shows is how important it is to have a clinical striker in the Premier League. Mm, like, which, like the like Brighton have got quite a few like players who run in behind and what like Aaron Connolly, you know, works his bollocks off and runs in behind, but he he cannot finish. Uh, he's not a natural finisher. So I think like just to like build on that, I think I think it's really important for teams uh, lower at the lower end of the table to have a clinical striker. Because if you look at Man City, we actually don't have a mm. clinical striker at all. Um, and 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 Liverpool's striker centre forward isn't I wouldn't say he's clinical, I'd say he's an excellent player. But those top teams, I think it's slightly different because you just have so much talent everywhere you have yeah. so many potential lots, scorers lots of people contributing don't you? that's it whereas like i think a team like brighton or i think of a team like sheffield united um it's quite one-dimensional and it will often build through one player so you, i think the perfect example of this is watford so they had troy deeney who was pretty clinical in in those two years he had where he scored sort of like sort of 12 12 13 goals which is which is a great great return so i think for those those teams in the lower middle end that's where it really matters having that clinical striker. You know, yeah. I think that is, that's the difference between staying up and going down. Um, but I thought Neil Malpe would be that for Brighton, but no. he's clearly not been. Lots of expected goals, but just... Uh, uh... <laughs> lots, of, lots of expected goals. But yeah, I mean, you look at someone like, someone like Leeds and, you know, without Banford's goals this season, there might have been a little bit of trouble. And that was their, the main criticism of Banford, wasn't it? They, that he's not clinical, but he's taken that onto another level. Even someone like, even at Villa, someone like Ollie Watkins, he's missed quite a few chances, but he's still scored a lot as well. And then you've just got someone like Brighton and they just got, and Sheffield United is the perfect example. I mean, they're not good at scoring goals. <laughs> And you're not, you're just never going to stay up. And it's like, that's also a reason Burnley are always down there. You know, no matter as how solid you are defensively, I know obviously there's other problems. They struggle to create and, you know, they don't exactly have any creative midfielders or anything like that. Um, but I think last season, Chris Wood got a lot of goals for them and that's why they were near the top half. Mm -hmm. This season, he's their top scorer and, you know, he's in single figures and someone like Ashley Barnes has only got two or three goals. And, you know, yeah. So I, I think it's interesting when you don't have someone who's firing suddenly suddenly you're in a lot of trouble and that's no, i think i think that's a i think that's a good point yeah i think burnley are a really good example of that but then that yeah that's that element of like you know the look for debate i suppose it's like you just need a clinical striker because then like you'll have the chances they'll they'll put them away um, you're a clinical striker we've played five side a couple of yeah times. i am um i'm a bit of a bagsman i've been referred to as a would you call I, yourself ludo bagman do you know no, who that is? Or? No, I actually don't. He's a minor it? character in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Um, Ludo I, Bagman? What does he do? What does he do? Hey, hey, call me Ludo because I'm the Bagman. Oh, that's, my new, oh, that's what I'm using. No, I mean, I don't don't want to... reference, it's annoying, but... No, but you don't want to be the Bagman because that implies one. You want to be the Bagsman. I'll take, I'll take one. <laughs> no, I'll take one. I'm mate, trying to think... Who... You've seen me play football. I'll take, I'll take I, one. I'm a little bit like... I'm a little bit like... Oh, Michael Chopra, who used to play for Cardiff. Oh, what, just the only, only like half Indian person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is not why I meant. Interesting. He, Interesting. Don't, don't take that like that. That's can I have that order, mate. He's he was a clinical striker for Cardiff in the Championship, and scored some Premier League goals, mate. That's what I meant. And don't okay. hey, don't you dare. Oh, was that was that me? Yeah. <laughs> right. So come on. 
Um, I'll, I'll I'll come back to you in the next episode with who I'm I'm like as a striker. Okay. But yeah, thank you for putting that out. I'd like to say yeah, I'm a bit of a bagsman. Um, I think I could do a job at Sheffield United. I reckon I get like one or two a year. Yeah, call me Ludo because I'm a bagman. Nice. If that's one thing that people take away, <laughs> call Leo Ludo from now on. Um, we'll get the t-shirts printed. <laughs> Yeah, I think we'll leave it there on the on the football chat. It's an interesting one, the the sort of luck element of football. Um, but yeah, just finally, want to talk about some, well, a big, big surprise result in the rugby on the weekend. And I think I was a little bit shocked by what happened. I thought it'd be a lot closer. I thought, yeah, Wales were in with a chance of winning, but I didn't see it being quite as one-sided as it ended up being, you know? It was um, it was quite, quite yeah, quite a big result. And Wayne Pivak is suddenly after we criticised him massively before the Six Nations began. It's almost like he listened and he's like, I think he probably did. He's like Nile Eds, not today. No. Where's he from? He's um, an All Black, I believe. Okay, just didn't sound very Kiwi that, but okay. <laughs> uh, well, um, you know, I'm still working on my accents okay. as we go along. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. I think probably the scoreline was a little bit deceiving, and you know, Wales Wales scored late on to kind of um, to kind of emphasize the win um it was a strange it was a strange game it was a game of kind of mini comebacks i mean england went went down quite heavily they're 24 six down and they got it all, all the way back to 24 all and then wales pulled away i mean i think it's brilliant wales being on for just the biggest shithouse grand slam of all time i mean you know the luckiest i mean you'd rather be lucky than good i mean I think it's brilliant. No one will remember this. No one will remember this in like five years, ten years. They won't be like, oh, that was a lucky Grand Slam win if it does happen. It's just, oh, they won. And so you just got to do it in any way. I don't think they will do it. I don't think they'll beat France. No, what I would like to say is... um... Wales were very good. Like, yes, they got lucky with those two tries, which maybe we'll talk about. But uh, so, yes, they did get elements of luck. But I thought they were very good, actually. Um, And that they look a much, much better side than, than last year. Which is good, which is good. And I don't know, this kind of always seems to happen with Wales as well. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll be down on their luck and not a great side. And I remember it happened in the mid-2000s a couple of times. And then suddenly they'll just kind of come back and be strong. They're just always, they just never quite fall away, Wales. Um, and I think we talked before, didn't we, about how strong that backline was going to be. I really enjoyed seeing Lynn Williams play fullback again. I, I love watching him at fullback. He's great under the high ball. Um, and I thought, I thought he was pretty good. Reese Zammett again, just absolutely electric on the wing, and just having someone like that who's just raw in terms of talent. He's not the finish article, but he's just just so rapid and and just and such a good finisher as well. Um, yeah, yeah. So look, obviously, you know, I was disappointed. I wanted wanted England to win, but I don't know. Just the shit house Grand Slam. It's on, and maybe if their game with France gets cancelled or, or COVIDed or something. Uh, man who knows that is the ultimate if that game gets covid yeah the ultimate shit house that will never ever be beaten yeah look i didn't see it going like this obviously before the six nations so as much as i hate it when wales beat england um just because they'll obviously never let the fans forget it um yeah they've sort of deserved it so far i'd say okay bits of luck but they've carried on you can't you can be look i'm convinced you can be lucky in one game you can't be lucky in three that's just uh, well. Just... I mean, two red cards. Yeah, but the Scotland one wasn't but... the Scotland one wasn't as much of an impact. The Ireland one, yeah, hundred percent. First game yeah. of the tournament, I think that red card changed everything. But the Scotland one, I'm not so sure. And, and like the England game, I think England were just a bit poor again. I mean, I think Eddie Jones, if if England 
if England lose another game, then I think Eddie Jones has to really think, have I taken this team? Is this my cycle? Have I taken them far enough here? Yeah, I think that's that's the thing, isn't it? It's Has he taken them far enough? I mean, he's made them, he's, he's brought them to a much better place than where they were when he came in um, and fair play for that. But, but we can't forget as well, England, they've had some really poor spells on Eddie Jones. I mean, 2018, 2018 Six Nations, England won one game. Yeah, I know. Um, mm. Or was it two games? They finished fifth. Finished fifth, yeah. Finished second last, I mean, which is embarrassing uh, and might happen again this year. Um, but but after that, he adapted and, and and you know, he got them kind of, he timed the run, if you like, to the World Cup perfectly. And then England were at mm. their best at that World Cup. Um, obviously, we won't talk about the final, but <laughs> but yeah. So it, it'll be interesting. I think as long as Eddie Jones has that desire to make them better, um, then they will. I think he'll always adapt. It just depends if he wants to. If he just thinks, like you know, I've brought them as far as I can, um, then maybe he would leave. Part of me would be excited to see him leave, not because I think he should, not because I think he's a great coach. I just always find it exciting when yeah, someone's with, coming with in. Yeah, with a new regime, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and there's some really exciting coaches in the in the Premiership at the moment. There'd be some exciting options. So I, just for the kind of the drama and the the intrigue of that. But um, but no, I think he's still got a lot more to give for England. Um, and I yeah. think he's still, still an excellent coach. Yeah, I, 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 there's no doubt he is an excellent coach. It's just one of those rough patches. It's just, it's just something I guess people are starting to think about now. Yeah, um, yeah. I just don't know whether you could go with, you know, a younger team here. You know, just a younger uh, trying to blood some new players while we can yeah. uh, mix them in with obviously the old guard. Um, it just felt like some of the selection has been maybe a tad odd. I think. Yeah. How long? How long does Elliot Daly have um, at fifteen? I love Elliot Daly, so he's got. No, to but I, I think I prefer. <laughs> I think um, I think I prefer him on the wing. I wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't mind seeing Anthony Watson at fullback. Um, if I'm honest, what I would credit him this this Six Nations, I think he's got quite a lot of young players in just to be in and around the squad, which I do quite like. Um, and then also, I mentioned this to you before. So they have players from eleven sides in their thirty-one man squad. Um, so it's only London Irish and then Quinns, which obviously Joe Marler would be if if he hadn't pulled out, um, who don't have representatives in the squad, um, which I think is is a good. It shows that first of all, it shows that Premiership rugby is in a good state, um, and secondly, it shows that Eddie Jones, yeah, he's got his own methods, and sometimes he won't pick players because he's stubborn or whatever, but he will he will pick players from from smaller sides. I mean, players from Worcester, Gloucester. You know, Newcastle will get picked. Um, but yeah, that's the encouraging thing for me. Also, I think it will be really interesting if COVID permitting England's tour to the Mentor Tour North America and play the USA and Canada. Um, and if the Lions is going on as well, obviously there'll be a lot of England players with the Lions. So that that would be really interesting. It'd be like the tour to Argentina. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was fun actually seeing all that yeah, second string you, almost. Yeah, you might get maybe players like Harry um, Harry Randall, um, a Dogwoo, uh, someone like Beno Obama might get to play more, or some even someone like Marcus Smith um, at Fly Half. I'd love to see Marcus yeah, Smith yeah. hanging around. Uh, yeah, you know, someone who's you know rightly so he's not getting a run out at the moment because he's a great player, but he's not a better player than George Ford um, or or Farrell's playing ten. Uh, and there's probably a few other people ahead of him as well. Um, so yeah, that, that's what I'd. I, I, yeah, I think that would be good if if that happened and uh, the fringe players could get a go. Um, but yeah, also Ireland got their first one at the weekend. Eh? Eh? Yes. That was um, very exciting against the lowly Italy side. 
Yeah, yeah, it's Leon very good. Um, Garbisi <laughs> was good again, though. Garbisi's really good, and I really like him. It's just like, I don't want him to be wasted in that Italian side. I mean, he is going to be. Yeah, I know, I know. And I, I, know. I talked about the, the improvements they've made under Franco Smith, but probably not enough, to be honest. Um, Craig Casey came on for Ireland at scrum half and looked really good, which was quite exciting. Um, he's about your height, actually. I think he's like 5'5". Five five. What, six foot? That's pretty tall yeah. for a scrum half. Yeah, mate. Um, yeah, yeah. So there were some good signs for Ireland and, and good for them to get a win. And we talked about how it was important for them more about how they played than, you know, the result they're always going to win. Um, and they played okay. They played mm. pretty well. So it'd be good for them to get some confidence. In the it's board. just about confidence when you're playing Italy at the moment. It's about going through the motions, getting some points on the board, just feeling like you're going through the, you know, getting your hands going again, getting the pace. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure that's, uh, I mean, if they'd have lost to Italy, I'm sure we would have spoken about that for the majority of this segment. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, I think I think the Wales-England game was, was just a bit, bit of a surprise I think it was um, quite difficult to take really one last thing on that I would like to say I appreciated the ref afterwards came out and said oh I made some mistakes which I appreciate I I think that's you know yeah that's fine you're human sport has always had mistakes made and officiating mistakes and that happens Um, look shouldn't really happen with you know the era of TMO and stuff but it does and it has happened and yeah I, I appreciate that a lot more then when you know um uh rugby well rugby came out and said oh there's mistakes the referee came and said i'm mistake made mistakes i appreciate that a lot more than when in other sports um they just double down and say no nope, you know because because that's what fans i think they just want to hear people admitting that they made mistakes look that's fine put that behind us players make mistakes refs make mistakes so yeah i thought that was a good thing but i think it's nicer in the sort of rugby environment um i just feel like fans t- don't tend to have that well let me let me think about it. like they're not quite as aggressive on the whole i do feel and like i just feel like with football refs they just get so much abuse it's such a different ball game like i would love it you know human error is just part of the game as you say even with yeah. var and bloody blah, 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 tmo um so yeah i think it's nice to hear that like the rest not going to get it right every single time are they um so yeah i hope that happens more in football as well um not that it will but one no, can dream, one can not. dream that like people might just be like, hey, you know what? Fair enough. That's a really tough decision. Do you agree? Oh, sorry. 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 So honestly, sometimes when you speak, it's like I hear and I just kind of zone out. Um, so no, I agree. Yeah, yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that was so charming. Thank you so much. I think <laughs> on, that, on, that, on that cheery note, have we come to our world famous end of episode game because i'm ready to go i've been thinking about it for about the whole app yeah yeah i'm just i need it i need Um, the win yeah so look it's time for around the world and 80 plays um luke faces six questions one from every continent needs to get them all right um he's got 45 seconds your record luke do you know what it is so far it's oh is it five five right wasn't it five and zero is that I've got um, five and no, eight? Sorry, let me check. No, sorry, uh, it's one. You you won one. You lost four. Um, you've choked quite hard a couple of times recently, mate. Um, I think you'd be the first to admit that. It's been you, tough. Hey, mate, you've got the talent. Just can you do it? Okay, yeah, this is it. This is this it. This one. And the pressure's on. I think. Look, I, what I'm gonna I'm gonna back you for this one. I think you've got it in the locker for this one, mate. All right. So, 
Okay. Just no, I'm not playing mind games or anything. Just saying. <laughs> no, I'm going to uh, come up clutch. I'm going to come up clutch. Right, I'm ready. Hey, I'm ready. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Ready. Oh, no, wait. Let me get the question. Oh, yeah, oh, this is really getting in my oh, head now. Oh, okay. Okay. Ready. Go. Name a Jamaican player who scored in the Premier League. A Marlon King. Uh, correct. Uh, name a South American F1 driver ever. Uh, Senna. What African country has the most Olympic medals? South Africa? No. Um... Oh, pressure, pressure. Kenya? Correct. Which New Zealander took the second most wickets at the 2019 Cricket World Cup? Trent Bolt. Incorrect. Tim Southey. Incorrect. Oh, he's panicking. Jimmy, Jimmy Nation. No, incorrect. Oh, my God. This should have been the banker. Incorrect. 10 seconds. I can't believe this. Wait, are you serious? Yes, I'm serious. Are you... Five seconds. Oh, my Four. God. It's frazzled me again. Two, one. Oh, L- Lucky Ferguson. It's Lucky Ferguson. Uh, Luke. It's Lucky That's... Ferguson. It's Lucky yeah, yeah. Ferguson. No, your time, your time is up. Oh, God. Um, Luke, <sighs> that was an absolute bottle job. I'm. I'm really. It's when I get when I get my first answer wrong. When I'm dead set that it's it's that's it. I find it very hard to believe that. Do you, yeah, you just never believe you're wrong. <laughs> um, do you like cricket or sorry? Because maybe I'll take the cricket out. Cricket questions oh, out I, in the future. I, I, I do. I do. Okay. Did <laughs> you watch much of the cricket World Cup or? I watched every game. Yeah. Oh, did you? Okay. Because Lucky Ferguson, he played every game for New. He Zealand. played and he played really well. Obviously. Yeah. Oh, that's so annoying. That is game. just. I got it right just after a long time. Hey. Okay. And the last two were quite easy as well, actually. And that was quite easy. And you had about twenty seconds when I asked that. So yeah. this was a banker. This was a banker for you, mate. Uh, which city hosted the twenty nineteen Rugby World Cup finals? My next question. Okay. No. No. <laughs> Okay, maybe it wasn't the banker. Yoto. You don't know? Uh, I don't know. Okay, it was Yokohama, so maybe it's good we didn't get to that. <laughs> uh, what team won the grand grand final in 2020 in Rugby League? What would you have said? Uh, it was the uh, St. Helens, wasn't it? Correct, correct, correct. Yeah. So, um, God, that is just... I, I'm just... I need to just get up my game for the next episode. Well, you're going to be thinking game. about that until Thursday, aren't you, man? Oh, no, I won't be sleeping, that's for no, sure. You should, you should, well, that's for lots of different reasons, but <laughs> I added this added to it, you, yeah, you most certainly won't be sleeping. But look, great questions as always. Um, I'm sure you enjoyed uh, playing along uh, whilst listening, and hopefully you did better than me, to be honest. I hope you were screaming, how can you not get Lockie Ferguson? How? Yeah, yeah. Um, but look, we'll be back on Thursday with a brand new episode.